Shalom Aleichem, Assalamu Aleichem, Namaste, Shalom, Salam. Uh, this is Harlem University Radio. Uh, this is Naeem Abdurafi. And we will uh, be reading um, some more history of ancient Greece. But before that, Let's discuss our mission here. It is encouraging the reading of what should be read and encouraging the writing of what should be written. And um, I'm looking for others to join me on the faculty. Uh, No degree necessary. You need to simply come on and read some history that you've been reading or read uh, some some work that you've been doing on your memoir, another form of history. So, again, encouraging the reading of what should be read, Um, that's world history in particular. Uh, and encouraging the writing of what should be written. Another kind of history, your history, your personal history, your memoir, so that your your values, uh, your culture, the history that you've seen can be shared and can be left behind to be read and shared for decades to come, at least. So um, give consideration to, to doing that, to you know, work, you know, working on your memoir and then coming on to the program, coming on to the show, and um, uh, arranging for, a, you know, for, Friends and and family to be in be, be be in the be in the audience so that when you share what you share of your memoir and and, and what we're talking about the memoir in progress <coughs> you might share the uh, a, a, a uh, vignette of a you know a, a particular event. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about producing a memoir if that's an interest of yours. And, uh, and if you get started, then as soon as possible, you will join the faculty. Uh, memoir sharing actually uh, will preempt uh, history reading. Okay? So... Connecting with me about this is simply a matter of uh, going to Facebook and going to Harlem University Radio, Harlem University Radio, or Twitter, um, Radio Harlem One, the numeral one, Radio Harlem One. So we can connect that way. So um, this... uh, this broadcast is uh, being done 
on uh, our regular time, uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And <coughs> let me get a little water here. But it can be accessed on demand um, at, um, well, all of that is, uh, that information is, is available to you at the Facebook page uh, and, and uh, at, the, uh, at, at the Twitter page. So again, uh, Facebook, Harlem Univer- uh, Facebook.com, uh, Harlem University Radio, and at Twitter, uh, the handle is Radio Harlem 1, the numeral 1. <coughs> so what we're going to do is um, going to do some reading from the, uh, the textbook from which I've been reading. Um, it is, uh, let me open that. So it's um, On the Road to Civilization, a World History, published in 1936. Uh, authors are... Uh, Professors Albert Kerr Heckel and uh, James G. Sigmund. And uh, tonight's uh, concern is um, the uh, philosophers and the gods of of ancient Greece. (coughs) And I'm continuing in uh, chapter 9. Uh, the golden age of Greek art and literature. So I have a a few pages from the textbook to share with you. And then I'm going to be reading one of the dialogues of of Plato. Um, It's um, it's I want to say it's a very important dialogue. Uh, they're all important, but it's it, it, it's it's important in, in the sense that uh, it's it's credo, um, C R I T O, and that 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 dialogue uh, deals with um, the interview between credo and Socrates in the prison cell. Uh, Socrates is awaiting execution um, for having uh, spoken the way you will find him speaking in in the dialogue. So uh, I'm sharing it because you know when you when 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 you um, hear about the you know the Socratic method. Um, it, it, would, it would be good to have experienced it, and that's what you experience in that um, in that dialogue. So it, it's uh, it's actually pretty long, and you might find it, you know, the listening tedious. No problem. Uh, you can always, you know, access the the this show on demand. You know, at the at the you know the anchor podcast or 
the uh, podcast platforms to which uh, Anchor distributes. But again, you know, all of that, that information is um, uh, available at the Facebook page or at, uh, or at, at the Twitter page. <coughs> so, but, we, but before we get to what I can, uh, I'm saying might be tedious, um, I'll uh, read from the textbook. Okay, the golden age of Greek art and literature. Uh, topic, philosophy before the golden age. Okay, so the golden age is the years uh, roughly uh, 460 to maybe 430 or so uh, B.C. But philosophy before the golden age. In their early religious beliefs, the Greeks were as simple as children. The puzzling question as to the origin and destiny of man and the world troubled them little. Blind belief was much more comfortable than than inquiring thought. But there were a few men no longer content to take the answers that mythology gave to the riddles of the universe. These men hoped to find the why of things by observation and thinking. They were called philosophers, lovers of wisdom. That's what the word philosopher means, lovers of, lover of wisdom. Philosophy at that time included science. Early Greek thinkers wanted to know how the world came into being and the nature of its first cause. <clears throat> it is remarkable that the first critical questioners, the founders of Greek philosophy and science, were from the colonies in Asia Minor, not from the mainland. The first philosopher of note was Thales of Miletus. He was a seeker after knowledge in the days of Solon. And so Solon's uh, dates are 7th century, well, 7th and 6th, 630 through 560. That's Solon. Thales got the idea that the whole material universe developed from an original substance, water. This is not far from the 20th century science uh, in its teaching that hydrogen, one of the two elements in, uh, in water, is that substance. But other... Uh, but others maintain that in the beginning there was nothing but air. Others set fire. Thales studied the heavens and discovered that the sun was not the shield of a god, as the Greeks believed, but a faraway ball of fire, much larger than the earth. So, um, so again, Thales, his 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 time is the. Uh, the 6th century, I believe, B.C. The sun was not a shield uh, of a god, as the Greeks believed, but a faraway ball of fire, much larger than the earth. He saw the eclipse of the sun was caused by the shadow of another heavenly body and not by the wrath of the gods. He discovered that the stars moved according 
to fixed natural laws. Bailey's took one of the most important steps in human history, for out of his work arose the doctrine that all happenings in the physical universe result from natural and not supernatural causes. That doctrine is still the basis of science. So the claim here is that that kind of thinking began in, in, in Greece. Well, maybe there are some of, some of you out there who uh, can share some history with us uh, that uh, might challenge that claim. So I go on. <clears throat> the Sophists. After the Persian Wars, okay, so now we're, uh, we're, we're into the 5th century, um, the Persian Wars were over at about six, 680, no, I'm sorry, 480 or so BC. After the Persian Wars, Athens became a center of Greek culture. A group of philosophers known as Sophists, or literally wise men, undertook to satisfy the Greek passion for knowledge by developing the teaching of higher learning into a profession. One of their objects was to train young men for political life. And since the ability to make speeches was essential uh, in a political leader, the Sophists taught rhetoric, the art of speaking. They also dealt with the teachings of the early Greek philosophers. These teachings were were, were often in conflict and, and, and brought and and brought a confusion of thought, resulting in an attitude of doubt, which we call skepticism. Some sophists carried their doubts to the point of rejecting all religion, and all religion and philosophy, and even morality, and thus aroused the hostility of many Athenian citizens, who who accused them of demoralizing the youth of Athens. The sophists were itinerant teachers traveling from city to city, spreading their wisdom, quote-unquote, for a price. Although Aristotle defined a sophist as, quote, a man who makes money by sham wisdom, end quote, these professional teachers did much to advance learning. So uh, Aristotle the student of Plato. Plato was the student of uh, Socrates. And one of the accusations uh, that uh, led, 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 led to uh, Socrates being condemned to death was that he did what the sophists did. And uh, that's not true. Socrates, great truth seeker and teacher. The youth of Athens, bewildered by the skepticism of the sophists, were sorely in need of a teacher who would help them establish right moral standards. They found their needed guide in a thick-lipped, snub-nosed, bald-headed, 
goggle-eyed genius named Socrates. This great teacher of mankind was born 470 470 years before Christ. Uh, Socrates wrote nothing, but he inspired two of his, his disciples, Xenophon and Plato, to write about him and him and his methods and his philosophy. <clears throat> he, had, he had no interest in speculation concerning the physical world, uh, such as had engaged the thought of earlier philosophers. To him, the mind of man was far more important than the stars. Men and their conduct were his only interests. Like the sophists, he rejected the gods and the religion of the Athenians. Unlike the sophists, he did not end in uh, he, he did not end in hopeless doubt. <clears throat> well, it's not true that um, he reject, rejected the gods and and the religion. Um, he made, um, you might say, he made a show of, of, of adherence. Uh, and uh, it could be that, um, you know, to some extent, what I'm calling a show wasn't a show. But certainly um, his position was, you know, concerning the, uh, you know, the religion and the gods was that um, uh, it, 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 adherence to to that um, caused confusion, um, left men um, ignorant. Um, anyway, <clears throat> his model was quote Know thyself. He tried to reason men into a more virtuous life, but he left his disciples no definite set of teachings. He gave, rather, a point of view and a method. He was a seeker after truth. He got at truth by what is called the Socratic method, asking questions which demanded clear thinking, exact meaning, careful analysis. If his listeners spoke too glibly of virtue, honor, justice, patriotism, and the like, he would ask them to define their terms. What is virtue? What is honor? What is justice? This grotesque man, dressed in shabby clothes, always barefoot, might be seen any day lounging around the marketplace or on the street corners of Athens, idling away the hours questioning men of every station in life. Thoughtful people loved the modest questioner, although he pried into their very souls. People who were afraid to have their cherished beliefs challenged, who resented being embarrassed by having their confused thinking exposed, hated him. Finally, his enemies decided to free Athens of the troublesome fellow who had so often made them appear appear ridiculous. 
He was brought to trial before a jury of 500 citizens and was charged with speaking disrespectfully of the gods and with corrupting the youth of Athens, uh, Athens through his teaching. He was condemned as a dangerous radical and was sentenced to drink the poisonous hemlock. In his death, he became the martyr to free speech and free thought, but he also became one of the world's immortals. The story of his trial and death, as told by his disciple Plato, is one of the greatest writings in literature. Plato. Plato, a noble, was the most gifted of the disciples of Socrates. For eight or nine years, Plato studied with the great teacher, but was not satisfied that all knowledge could be got from one master. After the death of Socrates, the young man spent several years of study in travels uh, to Megara, Egypt, Sicily, Cyrene, and southern Italy. He made himself, uh, and Egypt and Cyrene, by the way, is uh, Libya. He made himself uh, familiar with all the philosophical tendencies of the past. He devoted his great genius to a vindication of Socrates, whom he regarded as, quote, the wisest, the most just, and the best, end quote, of all men he had ever known. Plato wrote in the form of dialogue, a fitting monument to the keen questioning Socrates. The best of Plato's dialogues is the Republic. In it, he pictures the ideal commonwealth dealing with such modern problems as community of property, division of labor, universal brotherhood, equality of the sexes, censorship of art and literature, endowment for research, race suicide, compulsory education, and distinction between higher and secondary education. The Republic remains today our finest literature of political idealism, a constant source of inspiration to the student of politics. Next topic. Aristotle, the great thinker. The greatest thinker of the ancient world was Aristotle, a pupil of Plato. Aristotle was not an Athenian, having been born in, 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 in Tagira, S-T-A-G-I-R-A, a city in Macedonia. However, he went to Athens, probably at the age of 18, to study under Plato. Aristotle pried into every field of human thought, and he became the founder of many sciences. The most important of his accomplishments was his discovery of the scientific method which led him, by keen observation, to get at facts that destroyed the reckless guessing which often passed as science. He lived at the end of three centuries uh, of philosophical thought, and his writings summed up all knowledge then existing. He was the first encyclopedist. After his death in uh, 322 B.C., His philosophy lost its influence for several centuries, but in the 5th century AD, it was revived 
uh, in the Christian schools. And during the Middle Ages, uh, Aristotle was an unquestioned authority among both Christian uh, and Mohammedan, uh, the, the writer says, uh, thinkers. And um, he leaves out a, a, a Jewish thinker. Uh, the, the Muslim thinker of note is uh, uh, Ibn Sina or Avicenna, and uh, Maimonides is the Jewish thinker. So we're talking here about uh, interest in Aristotle, great interest in Aristotle being revived in the 11th, 12th, and 13th centuries. Okay, so um, that's what I have from the textbook. So I'm going to close that. And I see, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of going on to and, and reading um, the uh, Crito, the, uh, the interview of, uh, it's a dialogue uh, between Socrates in his jail cell, chained, awa- awaiting execution, uh, and, and one of his friends. Um, but uh, let me see if uh, our good friend Samuel uh, has anything to share with us. Now, let me get my earphones on so Samuel is not... Uh, Good evening. Ah, okay. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing well. So, um, so you know what my plan is, but you can you can preempt my plan if you like. I'm going. My plan is to follow up what I've just done with uh, a possibly a complete reading of the uh, crypto. Uh, oh, right. But, I uh, see, I see. If, uh, but we don't have to, to go there right away. If there's something that you want to uh, share with our listeners? Uh, not this week, unfortunately. I didn't have time to prepare anything. So okay. please, if you All have right. something else to continue with, you go right to- ahead. I will do that. All right. So with that, um, <clears throat> let's see. I can, I, I can, I can take my headphones off, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Go ahead. So we won't be talking anymore. <laughs> so, in, 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 in fact, I can say to the audience that. Um, you know, you, again, you should feel free to um, come back to this broadcast later and um, pick up where you left off. My intention is uh, to, within the next uh, 30 minutes, read the entire dialogue. And um, who knows? You, you, 
you might not might not want to hang around, you know, for that long. So it's it, it will be what I what I read will be available. <clears throat> um, and um, all right, so let's let us get going. And this uh, I'm reading from a. Um, a book called The Five Great Dialogues of Plato and uh, translated edited by Louise Rotes Loomis and translated by Professor Jowett uh, J-O-W-E-T-T and I think the this uh, the copyright of this uh, volume is uh, ni- uh, 1942. All right. All right. <clears throat> A month has passed since Socrates. This is the the, the intro to uh, Crito. C R I T O. A month has passed since Socrates was condemned to die, and still he waits chained in his cell uh, in prison. For his trial took place just as the sacred ship bearing the yearly thank offering of Athens to the ancient shrine of Apollo on the island of Delos, uh, just as it was being prepared for her sailing. As Socrates' young friend, uh, Phaedo, explains uh, in in, in that dialogue. There's a dialogue titled Phaedo. The offering commemorates a famous event in the city's legendary history. Uh, Its delivery by the hero, Theseus, and historians don't know if this hero was a real person, but this is legendary history. It's delivery by the uh, hero Theseus uh, with the gods' uh, aid uh, from uh, from the savage. Okay, all right. Delivery by the hero Theseus with the gods' aid. This this, so this particular god is. uh, Let's see. We'll get to that from the savage tyranny of the king of Crete, who required an annual tribute of the best Athenian youth to satisfy his man-devouring minotaur. Okay. So, um, so Theseus um, I guess what he did was was he freed? Okay, so yes, so it's it's it's, it's Apollo, is the god that assisted this this hero Theseus uh, with uh, uh, defeating this uh, legendary king of Crete, um, Menos, um, who had this uh, a man devouring Minotaur. Hmm. So a minotaur is a uh, 
is uh, a, a creature, a fearsome creature, half man, half half bull, uh, the uh, offspring of um, the, a a human, a woman, <clears throat> and a bull. Okay, so that's a so. Um, <clears throat> This legendary history involving, you know, gods and, and legend was very much a part of the life of uh, the Athenians. So, um, so, so what? So his uh, Socrates' execution um, cannot take place during, you know, the time of this. Uh, of, of, of this trap to uh, trap trip trip um, to um, is it, it Delos, um delivering this this gift to uh, to the shrine of Apollo. So this is a this is a holy time uh, for the Athenians. So um, and as it says here, so the period from the time when the priest at Athens crowns the ship before its departure until it returns to, to harbor is a holy season <clears throat> during which the city must not be polluted by taking of human life. So Socrates, like any other convicted criminal, must wait to die until the vessel is back uh, at anchor. But now the weeks of respite are nearly over. The ship has been sighted off Sunium, the southernmost promontory of Attica, less than 35 miles by sea from Piraeus, the port of Athens. In another day, it should arrive. Crito, an old friend, an old and tried friend of Socrates, one of those who at his trial had volunteered to make up the sum of any fine that might be imposed on him, visits him in a last desperate effort to persuade him to allow his friends to buy off the jailers and whatever spy informers may be about and arrange for his escape that night to Thessaly or some other place where he can live in safety. So, Crito, uh, the dialogue begins. Um, Persons of the dialogue, Socrates and Crito. Scene, the prison of Socrates. Socrates speaks. Why have you come at this hour, Crito? It must be quite early. Crito, yes, certainly. Socrates, what is the exact time, Crito? The dawn is breaking. Socrates, I wonder that the keeper of the prison would let you in. Crito, he knows me. Because I often come, Socrates. Moreover, I have done him a kindness. Socrates, and are you only just arrived? Crito, no, I came some time ago. Then why did you sit and say nothing instead of once awakening, at once awakening me? I should not have liked myself, Socrates, 
to be in such great trouble and unrest as you are, indeed, uh, I should not. I have been watching with amazement your peaceful slumbers, and for that reason, I did not awake you, because I wished to minimize the pain. I have always thought you to be of a happy disposition, but never did I see anything like the easy, tranquil manner in which you bear this calamity. <clears throat> Why, Criddle, when a man has reached my age, he ought not be repining at the, the approach of death, repining, uh, expressing discontent. Criddle, and yet other old men find themselves in similar misfortunes, and age does not prevent them from repining. That is true, but you have not told me why you come at this early hour. I come to bring you a message which is sad and painful, not as I believe to yourself, but to all of us who are your friends and saddest of all to me. What? Has the ship from Delos, uh, has the ship come from Delos on the arrival of which I am to die? No, the ship has not actually arrived, but she will probably be here today. As persons who have come from Sunium tell me uh, that they left her there. And therefore, tomorrow, Socrates, will be the last day of your life. Very well, very well, Cato. If such is the will of God, I am willing. But my belief is that there will be a delay of a day. Why do you think so? I will tell you. I am to die on the day after the arrival of the ship. Yes, that is what the authorities say. But I do not think that the ship will be here until tomorrow. This I infer from a vision which I had last night, or rather only just now, when you fortunately allowed me to sleep. And what was the nature of the vision? There appeared to me the likeness of a woman, fair and comely, clothed in bright raiment, who called me and said, O Socrates, the third day hence to fertile Phythia shall you go. So without trying to get into detail, Phythia is a pleasant place in the, in the afterlife. Crito, what a singular dream, Socrates. Socrates, there can be no doubt about the meaning, Crito, I think. Yes, the meaning is only too clear, Crito is speaking. But oh, my beloved Socrates, let me entreat you once more to take my advice and escape. For if you die, I shall not only lose a friend who can never be replaced, but there's, there is another evil. People who do not know you and me will believe that I might have saved you if I had been willing to give money, but that I did not care. Now, can there be a worse disgrace than this, that I should be thought to value money more than the life of a friend? For the many will not be persuaded that I wanted you to escape. 
and that you refused. <clears throat> Socrates speaks. But why, my dear Crito, should we care about the opinion of the many? Good men, and they are the only persons who are worth considering, will think of these things truly as they occurred. But you see, Socrates, that the opinion of many must be regarded. For what is now happening shows that they can do the greatest evil to anyone who has lost their good opinion. He's talking about the fact that Socrates has been condemned. Socrates, I only wish it were so, Crito, and that the many could do the greatest evil, for then they would also be able to do the greatest good. And what a fine thing this would be. But in reality, they can do neither, for they cannot make a man either wise or foolish. And whatever they do is the result of chance. Crito. Well, I do not dispute with you, but please tell me, Socrates, whether you are not acting out of regard to me and your other friends? Are you not afraid that if you escape from prison, we may get into trouble with the informers for having stolen away and lose either the whole or greater part of our property, or that even worse evil may happen to us? A worse evil may happen to us? Now, if you fear on our account, be at ease. For in order to save you, we ought surely to run this or even a greater risk. Be, be persuaded then, I do, and do as I say. Yes, Crito, that is one fear which you mention, but by no means the only one. Crito, fear not. There are persons who are willing to get you out of prison at no great cost. And as for the informers, they are far from being exorbitant in their demands. A little money will satisfy them. But by me, by me, my means, which are certainly ample, are at your service. And if you have a scruple about spending all mine, here are strangers who will give you the use of theirs. And one of them, Simeus, the Theban, Theban has brought a large sum of money for this very purpose. And, and Cebes and many others are prepared to spend their money in helping you to escape. <clears throat> so I'll mention the, 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 uh, the, uh, the proposal of bribery is not, is, uh, not unusual. Um, we, we stated earlier uh, that uh, one of the problems with the great Athenian democracy uh, was that um, uh, the politicians, the leaders, were corrupt. Okay. I say, therefore, do not hesitate on our account and do not say, as I did in, and as, as you did in the court, that you will have a difficulty in knowing what to do with yourself anywhere else. For men will love you in other places to which you may go, and not in Athens only. There are friends of mine in Thessaly, if you, if you like to go to them, who will value and protect you. And no Thessalian will give you any trouble. 
nor can I think that you are at all justified, Socrates, in betraying your own life when you might be saved. In acting thus, you are playing into the hands of your enemies who are hurrying on your destruction. And further, I should say that you are deserting your own children, for you might bring them up and educate them, instead of which you go away and leave them, and they will have to take their chance. And if you, and if you do not meet with the usual fate and end, if they do not meet with the usual fate of orphans, there will be small thanks to you. No man should bring children into the world who is unwilling to persevere to the end in their, in their nurture and education. But you appear to be choosing the easier part, not the better and manlier, which would have been more becoming in one who professes to care for virtue in all his actions, like yourself. And indeed, I am ashamed not only of you, but of us who are your friends, when I reflect that the whole business will be attributed entirely to our want of courage. The trial need never have come on or might have been managed differently. And this last act or crowning folly will seem to have occurred through our negligence <clears throat> and cowardice uh, who might have saved you if we had been good for anything. And you might have saved yourself, for there was no difficulty at all. See now, Socrates, how sad and discreditable are the consequences both to you, both to, to us and you. Make up your mind then, or rather, have your mind already made up, for the time of deliberation is over, and there is only one thing to be done, which must be done this very night. And if we delay at all, we will no longer, uh, we will no longer practical. If we delay at all, will be no longer practicable, practicable or possible. I beseech you, therefore, Socrates, be persuaded by me and do as I say. So, I have decided that I will not read any further. Um, of course, I've read this myself, and um, I'm going to stop here and... Uh, make the point that uh, Crito's um, very persuasive argument is um, very effectively challenged by Socrates. And uh, Crito leaves the jail cell being satisfied that Socrates has made the right decision, um, that he should go ahead uh, with the execution, which is drinking the, the, the hemlock, the poison, 
He has to do it himself. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I won't spoil it for you by um, reading uh, the response of Socrates. Um, it's a very convincing argument. Um, there's one thing I will point out that um, struck me, didn't surprise me. Um, no, in fact, I won't do that. I won't do that. If you read it, you'll, 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 be, you'll, you'll be struck by the same thing. So with that, I will um, wish everyone, including Samuel, a, uh, a good night and, uh, and thank you for uh, your attendance and, uh, and your forbearance. Uh, and again, uh, information and, and a way to connect is at uh, Facebook, uh, Harlem University Radio, the Harlem University Radio page or at Twitter, um, where you go to um, uh, Radio Harlem One, the numeral one. So thank you and um, shalom, salam, salam.